0: Bullshit
1: is everywhere. Welcome back to the Bullshit filled of the News. <laughs> uh, time for the music. Hey, Papa Bear, I, I believe I believe yeah. you are not well today.
0: Right. We have a national emergency at the Harris household. Every Every man is down. Every man, woman, child, dog, cats. Everybody's got the flu. So we're all getting on each other's nerves. And it's only a matter of time before Kiki goes, oh, yeah, dad, well, Fuck you, too. It's only a matter of time.
1: Did D'Angelo start it? Is he uh, patient zero?
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I really don't want to talk about D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's sick, too. Uh-huh. I hope the son of a bitch, the well-hung son of a bitch is, Good hung, news.
1: is sick, too. Good news. He's going to come and inject your wife with something <laughs> to later on. Um, well, I... Uh, I, I speaking yeah. of national emergencies there's something I want to ask you just 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 privately yes. you and me just with no one listening. Right. Thank do you. Do you think you could uh nominate me for a Nobel Peace Prize? Like just um done. For everything that I've done uh for the yeah. world, Ray, I think you should secretly nominate me for a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh don't tell anyone. I might tell, oh, I might, no, I, might no. tell, I might tell people that you did it. But don't <laughs> don't don't tell anyone that nice. you did it. Yeah.
0: I promise I'll do it, but I won't tell you.
1: Yeah, I saw that you yeah. posted a story about that on Facebook, and I saw that David Markham liked your post. And the amusing thing about that is, pff, pretty sure that David's uh, Legion of uh, uh, Merit—no, Legion of yeah, Legion of Merit—no, Legion of something he got from the French government. Uh, he right. he he asked people to nominate him for that. And asked me to write her a letter of recommendation for him for that. So it's like you know, asking people to nominate you for awards is apparently the way that you do it. Um I, yeah. so.
0: I think it's pretty standard. I think it's it's a part of it, just like any other PR campaign but i don't know if it should be included in a speech when you're declaring a national emergency but hey what do i know
1: well he hasn't got I'm not the president the nobel peace prize yet so that is the national emergency like okay
0: uh, <laughs> okay he's angling i got gotcha. you i got gotcha.
1: you let's talk about the national emergency um Ray, right right yeah. you know how many states of emergency are in effect today in the united states
0: Well, considering that national emergencies in and of themselves sound pretty important and we're all just cruising along here, I can't imagine too many. I'm going to say between 10 and 14. I mean, if they are really national emergencies, how many can there be? Mm.
1: Yeah, take that 14 and double it and then add a couple. (laughs) Um, The United States is currently under 30 states of emergency. Um, well,
0: it, it's it doesn't feel like it Well <laughs> does it doesn't it Well now it does now but but
1: 30 yeah. states Of emergency the United States <laughs> is That's under a trap. 29 yeah. before last Friday Now 30 um, None of them Are about Mass shootings and uh, the Proliferation of uh, AK 47s uh, Or oh. your, Or Healthcare, people Health dying. Care. Yeah, right. not, neither yeah. of those uh, are your <laughs> states of emergency. Of course. of course not. So I thought we would talk a, a little bit about the, the the national emergency situation and the the kind yes. of um, emergency powers that American presidents have, because it's kind of interesting to right. me. Uh, and trying to look at uh, how could this possibly go horribly wrong assuming it hasn't already gone horribly <laughs> wrong. Um, for, for other people, not Americans, yes. Not what? For other people, not for Americans? No.
0: Well, I, I know that... I know that. No, I'm sure it's gone bad for us, but I, I know that there's a lot of um, national emergencies that have to do with other uh, countries. Um, Sudan, uh, out in the Middle East, obviously, with 9-11, um, and probably stuff in South America because of drugs, because of Reagan and Bush. I, I'm just assuming we've... These powers have been used to hurt other people, but that's just a very, that's just a guess on my part. But I'm sure Americans are victims too.
1: Yeah, well, I, I you know, I'm going to just focus on the potential consequences to Americans uh, okay. in this. That's all I sec- care about. In this chapter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, there are trickle-on effects for the rest of the world because we live in the American Empire, the days of the American mm-hmm. Empire. Um, right. Early in the 20th century, uh, Congress, US Congress legislated powers that effectively are supposed to lie dormant until the president activates them by declaring a national emergency. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, there had been emergency provisions, uh, I think, since the, the creation of your constitution by the uh, original tax dodgers, a bunch of white slavers. Um Slave slavers who, for some reason, right. Americans think uh, you know could walk on water and uh, blow down trees. Um, we call them landed
0: gentry. But please
1: continue. Mm. So, but in the early twentieth century, there was a whole bunch of uh, new powers given to the presidents, and presidents uh, basically went nuts with this once they got it. <laughs> um, right. And there, there were really no incentives in place for them to terminate. States of emergency once they were declared, so you just had states of emergency huh. proliferating like um, children in in West Virginia, um, you know, illegitimate children <laughs> in West Virginia. They were just popping up all over the place. Um, <laughs> by the nineteen seventies, there were right? hundreds of emergency powers uh, available to the president. Oh my god. Um, and clearly obsolete states of emergency that were still in effect. So in the 70s, uh. they tried to do something about it. And uh, during the Carter administration, they tried to rein it in a little bit. But, you know, f- to give you an example, uh, Truman, our old mate, uh, yeah. Harry S. Truman. What did the S stand for? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, What is it good for? (gasps) Sorry. Yeah, shithead, I think it stood for. Um, (laughs) Truman declared a national emergency in 1950 during the Korean War, and it remained in place right through the Vietnam era uh, and was was being used to help Uh prosecute the war in Vietnam. So... In uh, in 1976, Congress passed the National Emergencies Act. I've seen people on Twitter and Facebook saying, "Well, Carter uh, passed this uh, thing. He was a Democrat. He passed this in order to uh, give presidents these powers uh, for a reason." Right. No, 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 no. The National Emergencies Act wasn't passed to give presidents emergency powers. It was given to try and rein <laughs> in. <laughs> the, right. the, the ways Slightly that these... Different. I mean, it was completely ineffective. It didn't work, but that's what was passed in <sighs> 76. So right. under the National Emergencies Act, as I understand it... Now, you know, no one knows more about <laughs> American law than I do, Ray. Uh, so yes. my, my understanding yes. is under this law, the president still has complete discretion to issue an emergency declaration, but he's got to specify... The, the emergency that he's dealing with. Not just, I declare an emergency. What's the... Oh, I don't know. Whatever's going on. Uh, something. Right. Um, he has to declare <laughs> what it is and the powers that he intends to use. Then, technically, the president... And I say he here because you've never had a female one, but in theory, he or she. Right. Uh, he yep. has He is supposed to issue public updates if he's going to invoke additional powers and report to Congress every 6 sure. months on how how it's going and how he's been spending the money that uh he he is getting access to as a result of the uh state of emergency
0: now it might but, but if i could just mm. I'm sorry, I just need to add to that real quick. I mean, you're absolutely right. There are, the 1976 law did do some things. However, Trump can just let everybody know in tweets. And let's be honest, we know that that's coming. But I think it's very important to point out that the law gives the president complete discretion when it comes to declaring this national emergency. There is no definition of emergency and there's no criteria that has to be met. So yes, this law was passed in 76, but like you said, it did very little. And the president can pretty much, do what they want and and it doesn't have to uh kind of meet too many hurdles so again that was very ineffective and he still could pretty much do whatever he wants
1: stop reading my notes stop looking over my no, shoulder I'm, and reading I'm my not fucking notes right i'm looking at my notes no you not. so you're looking, stop reading my notes you don't have notes apology apology accepted stop reading my notes um yes uh <laughs> he's supposed to uh, a report on it every six months um, mm-hmm. and it expires after a year unless the president renews it the Ooh. Senate and the House are supposed to meet every six months while the emergency is in effect to consider a vote on Bullshit. terminating it uh-huh. now right. uh, that's never happened pretty much uh,
0: <laughs> never that's scary ha- as fuck
1: yeah. yeah, during during the forty odd years uh, since they passed this emergency uh, national emergencies act, Congress, right. you know how many times Congress has met to uh, vote on whether to end them?
0: I'm guessing a low number.
1: Yeah, yeah, about as low a number as you can get. Like never, they've never, never <laughs> done it. Not even once. Ne- Now, let me ask you,
0: because I've been looking at a lot of, um, I've been watching a lot of news lately on this. And I know that courts generally will let the president have his or her way. But but the very point of Congress is to check the president as in, okay, this is something you declared. We don't really agree with it. So we're going to try to check you. But from what you just said, so between the courts not doing it and Congress has never done it, Again, how could you not get heady with these kind of powers? Because like you were saying, it it does allow you um, even extra powers once you declare the emergency.
1: Yeah. Well, you know... He's on his own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, maybe surprisingly, uh, uh-huh. the way that these powers have been used uh, previously have been fairly restrained. Mm-hmm. Um, presidents uh, have tended to use them to place sanctions on individuals and on countries in certain situations. Uh, um, right. But they, they haven't gone crazy with it. Because yeah. before now, your presidents usually cared about how they were going to be perceived by history. Um, sure. or after They cared about how they were going to be perceived after their term finished and the reputation of their party after their term finished and these sorts of things. Of course, your current president doesn't give a shit. He's trying to... <laughs> He's trying to he's trying to I suicide. Jail. He's yeah. trying to commit yeah. suicide by hamburger as it is. So uh, you know Her- or whatever it was, yeah, but yeah. It's a bit like it's a bit like our old mate Big Julie. Um when you uh-huh. know people are going to try and throw you in prison uh yeah. as soon as your term as uh, proconsul in Gaul ends yeah, there's no reason not to just you know throw the dice and go. Right. Uh, you know, fuck it, let's cross this Rubicon because let the
0: dice fly high.
1: Yeah, how, you know, yeah. how can it be any worse? That's right, right. <laughs> at least if I cross the Rubicon, there's a chance I might win this thing. If I just yeah. if I lay down my my powers and my army, then I'm fucked. So yeah, balls to the wall, son. <laughs> um, now, as a result of all of this. Presidents have access to a whole shit ton of emergency powers, um, actually spelled out in 123 statutory provisions. Damn. Now, just to give some examples to the people, some of the things the presidents can do once they Mm -hmm. declare a national emergency... Um, the president can unilaterally suspend the law that bars government testing of biological and chemical agents on human subjects. Oh, fuck. So Donald Trump could turn around today and say, uh, you know, can you drop some chemicals on Virginia? I just want to see what they do. And uh, it's within his powers to do it. No one can stop him. He can do it.
0: I thought you were going to say, because this is the one I looked up, he can freeze the assets in the average American's bank account. That's where I thought you were going. Now you've really scared the shit out of me, biological and chemical agents. I mean, that's that's scary as hell. Yeah, stop reading
1: my notes, Ray. Uh, he can, he can <laughs> shut down or right? take control of any facility or station for wire communication... Upon right. making a proclamation that there exists a state or threat of war involving the United States. A threat of war. Now, uh, there's there's always a threat of war. Yeah. <laughs> always. Somewhere. Um, uh, so, now the question is, why communication? Does that include the internet? We don't know, but probably, probably you could make yeah. an argument that includes it. So, Donald Trump could shut down the internet and oh, mobile networks today if he decided to proclaim yeah. that there was a threat of war involving the United States. Uh, the internet
0: is being used by, the, what do you call those people that you know? You pay money, you get jump in the back of the truck and they get you across the border. He could say, yeah, those agents are using communications on their cell phones. We have to shut it down so they can't communicate. And yeah, suddenly like that, we're all just staring at our phones for no good reason.
1: Which isn't anything different to what we're doing now with our phones. (laughs) Hey, Candy Crush. I am killing it on Candy Crush. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, Trump has already said that he thinks search engines are rigged and that Google Mm -hmm. and Twitter and Mm -hmm. Facebook should be very
0: careful. Are they out to get him?
1: Yeah, they're out to get him. Um, All right. So, you know, who knows? It's not inconceivable. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, these things sound crazy, but this guy is crazy. Um, yes. And maybe not even this guy. What about the next guy? How crazy is the next guy going to be? Anyway, we'll get to that. Under um, a thing called Executive Order 13224 that Bush uh, Jr. pushed through after right. 9-11, uh, any... US citizens suspected of supporting, now suspected is the key word here, suspected right. of supporting foreign terrorists can be designated as a threat. And after that point, no American le- can legally give that person a job, rent him an apartment, provide him with any medical services, or even sell him a loaf of bread. Unless the government grants a license to allow that transaction.
0: I guess it's like being exiled from Rome. No fire yeah. or water for 500 miles from Rome.
1: Exactly. But or Rome away. is America, yeah. and you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to leave, and no one's allowed to sell you so anything or to provide you with anything. So just die. Yeah. Yeah. Executive Order 13224. That's-
0: they should rename that executive Palpatine or, or Order Palpatine or something like that. That's my guess. I Order don't know. 66, Jeez. yeah. 66, that's scariest crap, yeah.
1: Now, the, the Patriot Act uh, that Bush also passed um, gave him even more powers, the president. Uh, and The government allows them to trigger the consequences of 13224 by opening an investigation into whether a person or a group should be designated.
0: But what about innocent until proven guilty? Ha-ha.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, doesn't, no. doesn't. We've already uh. talked about this on our War on Drugs series, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We can just take your shit just because we think maybe you got mm-hmm. your shit from selling drugs. Uh, right. You know, this is, what do they call them? Where the, the cops can pull your car over. They find cash in your car. They can take it. And mm-hmm. say, well, we think you got this from selling drugs. And you go, well, I didn't. And they go, prove it. <laughs>
0: <We> <laughs> if, you can,
1: you if you can prove it, you can yeah. get it back. Uh, you can
0: go now. We're just going to keep your cash.
1: Yeah. 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 So this is similar in that, uh, but uh, you can be designated. No, we, we, we can even just say that we're thinking about whether or not you should be designated. All of a sudden, wow. um, you're persona non grata in America. You are, you are, the government only needs a reasonable basis mm-hmm. for believing that someone is involved with or supports terrorism in order to wow. designate that person. Now, what's the definition of supporting terrorism? Maybe I uh, liked a Facebook post that said Israel should uh, go back to the Green Line of 1967 and get rid of all of their settlements out of the Palestinian territories. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm supporting uh, terrorism by saying that, supporting Hezbollah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not hard to imagine how this could be uh, loosey-goosey enough that you could accuse all sorts of people as supporting terrorism.
0: I think the point is the government gets to decide
1: the definition of supporting terrorism. Exactly. Now, the target uh, of these executive orders um, is given no advance notice, no hearing, doesn't Jeez. go to a court first, government just declares it, and that's it. Um, you can try, it for due diligence. You can try yeah. to fight it. But right. uh, I don't think anyone's allowed to uh, uh, give you, – your bank accounts get frozen. You're not allowed right. to – no one's allowed to give you any money. I'm not even sure anyone's allowed to represent you as a lawyer. So good sure. luck with that. Right. What about, what about tanks on the street? How would that happen in the United States? We talked about posse comitatus on our drug mm. war series. Uh, who came up with Posse Comitatus? Ray, do you remember who that was? Oh,
0: um, uh, you mean as far as the administration that? No, I, I'm trying to remember the origin. Something to do with the American Revolution, but I honestly can't remember.
1: Mm, yes, we talked about this back in Bullshit Filter 3.25. Mm-hmm. uh September 2018. Uh this was uh put into place during 1876 President Rutherford B Hayes. Right. Remember him? Uh, Love that name. Yeah. yeah. Um it was all about the south and the you know the the president and uh you know part of the deal was oh, yeah. that, uh, the South would uh, allow the North to have a president, I think, as long as they agreed to uh, pull troops the troops out, out of right. the South. So from then on, you're not supposed yeah. to roll out troops domestically. <laughs> um, right. But uh, as we saw in our War on Drugs series... Um, you know, people have been trying to get around it for years. Reagan and Poppy Bush found ways to get around it uh, in their war on drugs, saying the military were only assisting assisting mm, civil law enforcement. We're just assisting. <laughs>
0: that's hair splitting, but okay. Yeah. Well, but they had the Supreme Court on their
1: side, so it's all good. And Congress. Congress went, yeah, yes. it's great. Fucking, yes,
0: a, absolutely. Get ironic. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,. Now, the Posse Comitatus uh, Act says, Whoever, except in cases and under circumstances expressly authorized by the Constitution or Act of Congress, willfully uses any part of the Army or the Air Force as a posse comitatus or otherwise to execute the laws, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than two years or both. Wow. But... Like life, Yeah. But then you've got this thing called the Insurrection Act of 1807. Mm -hmm. The act that was actually used to declare the commencement of the American Civil War. It provides the authority to put soldiers on the streets. So the uh, Posse Comitatus Act says you can't roll out the army unless it's authorized by an act of Congress. The Insurrection Act is an act of Congress. So uh, technically, if you right. wanted to roll out tanks on the streets, deploy the army domestically, you could, pro- as president, you could probably do that under the Insurrection Act of 1807. And in fact, it has been used to do that very thing on several occasions. Um, hmm. Now, the 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 uh, Insurrection Act allows the president to deploy troops unilaterally. Just wakes up, decides, I'm going to tweet it, deploy the troops. Today's a day. If, If he decides that rebellious activity has made it impracticable to enforce federal law through regular means or because he deems it's necessary to suppress insurrection, domestic violence, unlawful combination or conspiracy... That hinders the rights of a class of people or impedes the course of justice. Now, how do you define, for the purpose of this act, conspiracy? Now, that's just left up to the president to decide.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, by that very definition, why isn't there, or theoretically could be, armed troops in high schools where there's having shootings? Now, we both know that Trump would rather send them into all the newsrooms besides Fox News, but based on that you could easily say well there's you know there's violence going on in, in, in American schools we should be able to have officers or, or not officers but army units inside the schools but it doesn't get used for that it could potentially be used for something along the border because Trump declares it so yeah. it's just insane yeah.
1: when people might go well oh, that's crazy that it never happened well it has happened um mm-hmm. Dwight Eisenhower used this act in 1957. Oh, yeah. When he sent troops into Little Rock, Arkansas, to stop Bill Clinton from raping women. No, hold on. That (laughs) that was later. That was later. That should have happened. (coughs) No, it was to enforce school desegregation. Right? He had to roll out troops on the streets. Poppy Bush, uh, the mass murderer, employed it in 1992 to try and stop riots in L.A. after the Rodney King case. Oh, yeah. And his son, Dopey Bush, uh, wanted to invoke it after Hurricane Katrina, but the governor of Louisiana said, fuck you, and used the state's National Guard and said, see, to get to do this, to be Mm -hmm. able to use the Insurrection Act, I think the president needs to um be reacting to a request from a state governor or legislature to help put ah. down insurrection in the state Ooh. so no technically a governor yeah. needs to ask for it hey can you can you send the army in please right well if I could just say real quick, I mean, you made a good point a couple
0: of minutes ago. It's like almost every other president has been a member of a party for a long time. They've either been a senator or, or a congressman or a governor or whatever. And yeah, they do care about how the history books are going to record them. They do care about, let's be honest, the speaking fees that they're going to be able to get after they leave the White House. I'm sure Obama's making a shit ton of money right now. Um, and I guess you can't really do that if you ruin your name, If you if you pretty much almost ruin the government and your part, your own party hates you afterwards. And so normally you don't have as many checks on the president who it turns out is a very powerful person. But if the, like you said, if the person truly does not give a shit or they're reacting or they're, they're seeing themselves as the victim or being picked upon, the president can do some incredible, credible things. It's just that it hasn't all been done like it's been done by Trump. Um, previously, you know, presidents maybe here and there, but it, he just sounds like he's just rolling out the carpet of all the things a president can legally do. And I think we're all just kind of reacting to that, you know, appropriately. So
1: it's just a, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's the counter-argument against electing a billionaire as president. I mean, um, when he was campaigning, he made a good argument. It's like, well, I can't be bribed. I'm already rich, so you know that's a good thing. But the flip side of that is he doesn't care about uh, speaking fees or book deals or uh, consulting fees or chairmanships of boards after his presidency. So he doesn't give a fuck about his reputation in history, really. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so there's this other thing I want to talk yeah. about. Peds, P-E-A-D-S. What does Peds stand for, Ray? Uh, as far
0: as I know, it's Pediatrics at uh, UVA Hospital where I used to work. But I imagine you
1: mean something different. Presidential emergency action documents. Now these Sounds are. Sexy. It does sound sexy. They're very. They're very uh, sexy and very secret. <laughs> Uh Um, They were developed during the Eisenhower administration. Apparently, the original intention was that these would ensure continuity of the government uh, if there was a Soviet nuclear attack. They're sort of draft executive orders, proclamations, messages to Congress that are to be activated in the event of uh, a nuclear attack. So it's like, uh, in the event, like if you're reading this, Right <laughs> I am now dead. Oh, no, okay. So this is, so this is, so, you know, they're making a breaking bad, uh, sequel movie. No. Yeah. They're making a breaking bad sequel. Um, apparently it's, it's Jesse Pinkman. It's what happens to Jesse. Uh, you, you watch breaking bad, right? Please tell me. You watch oh yeah.
0: Bad, oh yeah. Right, Love right.
1: it. Love it. So, you know, the end of breaking bad, spoiler alert for people who haven't watched it, but, uh, serves you right. Um, Tough shit. Yep. yeah, t- <laughs> uh, Final final episode, Walt comes in, kills all the neo-Nazis, Jesse escapes, Walt dies. Um, apparently it's the Jesse story after he gets away. And oh, cool. Hunter was uh Hunter? No, yeah, Hunter was over here the other day. We were talking about, well, how do you get Brian Cranston in it? You need to have Walter White in it. You can't have a breaking bad yeah. film without Walter White in it. How are they gonna do that? And we talked about different things. Maybe he didn't really die, but I thought, nah, everyone would be furious uh, if they did that. Maybe it's his ghost uh, who appears shh. to Jesse like, brother. like in Dexter. Right. Twin brother? Yeah, yeah. Twin brother comes in. I did suggest <laughs> that, actually. Evil twin. Um, well, no, probably the good twin because Walter pretty much is the evil twin.
0: The yeah, bad. I'm guessing flashbacks. Not that I'm trying to steal your story, but. That's
1: Could do flashbacks, guess. no. But I got it. this is the idea I came with. So Jesse, oh. Jesse's driving away, he's hooning away. At yeah. some point, he looks down, and on the passenger seat, there's a laptop, and Ooh. the laptop has a post-it note that says "Open me," and right. he's like, "What?" And he pulls over, opens the laptop, and there's a there's a there's a, just a video on the desktop. It says "Play me," and oh, he wow. hits play, and it's I'm Walt. Hot. It's a video, and it's right. Walt. Walt says, uh, Jesse, if you're watching this, um, I'm probably dead. And uh, you you probably escaped, which is great because, you know, I came back for you. I know I've been a complete cunt to you the last couple of years. (laughs) We've
0: had our moments. Ruined your
1: life. Ruined your life. Father figure (laughs) that you shouldn't have trusted. Um, But... You know, I've done a lot of thinking. I've been up in my cabin in the woods, growing a beard, had a lot of time to think about it, feel terrible about what I did to you. Um, So I'm coming in. I'm going to try and save you from the neo-Nazis. Not exactly sure how I'm going to do it, but I think it's probably going to involve something highly improbable, like a big (laughs) remote-control-operated machine gun in the (laughs) trunk of my car. Um, Don't ask me how that's going to work. Just trust the fact that I'm a genius and uh, I'm like, the Tony Stark of Albuquerque, I can. It's gonna be good. I can do anything good. that can be yeah. even, no matter how unfe- completely unfeasible it is, uh, scientifically.
0: I'm gonna go to a local tools tools shop. Yeah, buy what I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be good.
1: I can do it. Um, but uh, you know, I've been thinking about. Well, <clears throat> let's be honest. You, you're not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer, Jesse. Um, and. Uh, Such- Yeah, you you, you're fucked. Even if I get you out of there, then what? what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You got no idea. You got no money. You got no family. Uh, You got no friends, mostly except Badger and Skinny Pete. Um, And let's (laughs) face it, like
0: uh, they're even worse. Yeah.
1: Oh my so God. I've cooked up a plan for you. I know you're probably angry at me right now and you don't trust me. I get that. But when you cool down, when you calm down, you're going to realize you need a plan. I'm the brains of the operation. Uh, just come back to this video and watch it every 15 minutes throughout the course of the next 90 minutes. And I will give you instructions about what to do next, how to put your life back together. Yeah. Step two. Step yeah. one, you know makes drive away fast yeah yeah so anyway that's that's, (laughs) right if i was writing the 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 sequel that's how i would do it nice i like that so we'll see we'll see in a year when that film comes out how close i was haven't worked out how he reconnects with saul though at the cinnabon um but I'm, i'm working on that Anyway, that's a bit like the reason. So Walt's video, that's basically what these peds are. It's like, in the event of my death, um, watch this video. Here are your instructions, Congress. Now, they're very closely guarded secrets. None has ever been publicly released or leaked. Even WikiLeaks don't get their hands on this. But... The contents of some of these PEDs have been occasionally described in public sources. FBI memos, that kind of thing, that have been obtained through Freedom of Information Act. uh, Also, agency manuals, some court records. There's hints of them. According to some of these sources, there were PEDs drafted from the 50s through to the 70s that would not only authorize martial law and the suspension of habeas corpus, but they Mm -hmm. would also revoke Americans' passports and allow for the roundup and detention of subversives. Fuck. Defined by who? Defined by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, Ah. They had a thing called the Security Index. You ever heard of this FBI Security Index? No. Um, It makes me
0: feel safer, though.
1: (laughs) Well, possibly before you started hosting podcasts with me, you might have been right. Um, But now you can be pretty sure that you are on the list. I tell you who was on the list back in the good old days was uh, Victor Santoki's stepfather. I think it was maybe his father, but I think it was his stepfather, Victor. Will and a shout out to our mate Victor too. Victor is uh, I'm not sure if not sure if that's uh, if it's a secret. I I don't want to reveal too much about it, but he's undergoing some medical procedures this week, and um, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, Don't worry, don't even worry about the medical procedures, uh, you know, because our thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers are taking care of it. Yeah, handled, all handled for you, Victor. Thinking of you, buddy. Um. Yeah, but he told me when we were hanging out in L.A., he was kind enough to pick me up and uh, and show me around for the day and organize dinner, very, very nice. generous when I was there, um, that, yeah, I think it was his stepfather who was on the list because he was a communist um, and he was on the FBI security oh, yeah. list. So basically, in the event of an attack on the U.S., Victor's stepfather would have been uh, immediately rounded up and thrown into a detention camp as being a suspect. Oh, well,
0: yeah, I'm glad you said that because just because at the beginning of this, Peds, let's let's put some stuff down just in case that there's a there's a Soviet nuclear attack. How in the hell do you go from that to what we're talking about today? But you just connected it because these because once a law or an emergency is declared and it's hardly ever revoked. Let's let's face it, who willingly gives up power? Um, yeah, so it just expands and expands and expands, and now the president can do these incredible things to affect. The average American's life just because they want to. The courts probably won't check them. And Congress has been nothing but a bunch of pussies for decades. So I was just wondering what the connections were. But now it makes a lot more sense. And now I'm a lot more scared than I was five minutes ago.
1: Yeah, good. You should be scared. Um... (laughs) It is. That's insane. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there people like um, critics of the government usually end up on this list. Uh, Howard Zinn was on this list. Uh, Paul Robeson, pretty sure Noam Chomsky's on the list. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King was on the list. Um, and uh, I think the list now has been folded into something called the Terrorist Screening Database, the TSDB. Um, Mm. I think that happened after 9-11. But um, anyway, so these lists exist to round people up if they're considered subversives. In 1987, the Miami Herald reported that Ollie North, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, had worked behind the scenes before he went to jail, had worked with his his mate, Abrams, who we'll get to later on, had worked with FEMA the uh, Federal Emergency Management Agency to create a secret contingency Mm -hmm. plan authorizing suspension of the Constitution, turning control of the United States over to FEMA, appointment of military commanders to run state and local governments and declaration of martial law during a national crisis.
0: How can I get the sense that every time you mention something like this, it feels like this is stuff that's going to be done to the American people and not to protect the American people? I always get a feeling, I mean, just Order 66 all over again, this is stuff that they're going to be able to lord it over the citizens that they're supposed to protect, but maybe I'm just being too cynical.
1: Well, I think, that's, it I does, think Order 66 was... Based on the reality of these sorts of laws that can be rolled out. Fuck. And of course, the Jedi in this scenario are uh, anyone right. who disagrees with an authoritarian government. Gotcha. Um, although, Hippies. as we all know now, thanks to the most recent Star Wars film, um, the Jedi were the problem, not the solution. Right. Uh, right. Arrogance. Problem. Arrogance. Yeah. 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 Thanks for yeah. fucking up my childhood, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Um 2007 uh, Department of Homeland Security Security report lists martial law and curfew declarations as critical tasks that local, state, and federal governments should be able to perform in emergencies. Right. Martial law. Hmm. In 2008, uh, government sources told a reporter for Radar magazine that a version of the security index still existed this is the TSDB its code name is main core right and it allows for the apprehension and detention of americans tagged as security threats so someone declares
0: national emergency the bill of rights right out the window and we've got the guns to back
1: it up yeah now how okay. is all of this relevant you may be asking yourself 40, 40 minutes into this podcast um <laughs> So here's a, here's the rough outlines of a scenario that the Atlantic uh, published recently that I thought was interesting. So this is purely obviously hypothetical scenario but just imagine it's late 29 uh, 2019 sorry late 2019 six, seven, eight months from now. The Mueller report has come out and it looks really bad for Trump and his kids right uh, It looks like they're all he's going to be impeached they're all going to jail. Um, It's not pretty. Um, Now, it also looks like as a result of all of this, Trump and the GOP are going to lose the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. So Trump starts tweeting that he has information that Iran is planning a cyber operation to interfere with the election. And that Google and Facebook and Twitter have been compromised by Iranian cyber terrorists. uh, And he needs to take control of the internet to stop Iran from spreading propaganda. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, is it beyond the realms of possibility that Trump would say such a thing? I don't think so. Um, Does he have the ability uh, under under these national emergency powers to shut down the internet? Quite probably, yeah. And no one can stop him because it's a national emergency and executive powers. Right. Now, let's say as a result of all of this, he declares a national emergency, freezes the assets of people who complain about the internet shutdown because they're designated as supporters of Iranian terrorists. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, people, of course, would appeal to the Supreme Court to stop him. But since the appointment (laughs) of Brett Kavanaugh, there are now five conservative justices on the Supreme Court versus four progressive liberal justices. So Supreme Court might quite possibly rule in Trump's favor that he has the ability to do this. This is legal and it is legal. These right. these actions are well entrenched in the American system. So the Supreme yeah. Court votes in favor of Trump. Now, people protest. They hit the streets. Mm-hmm. Trump declares the protesters are traitors, uh, suggests uh-huh. they deserve a good beating, and his supporters <laughs> oblige. Um, the BBC cameraman. Uh-huh. And then Trump blames the protesters for starting it. And the election comes around. Trump says, you know, if anyone votes against me, they're probably supporting Iran. Uh, People are too scared to vote because uh, Trump's got people beating people up. Or people can't uh, find accurate information about where to vote because there's no internet. And the only news station that's allowed on the air is Fox News. Um, (laughs) And so not many people go and vote. And Trump, who was set for impeachment, wins the 2020 election. Now, is this, is this a crazy extreme scenario? Maybe, but honestly, three years ago, who thought that a guy like Trump would even be president in the first place?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: if, 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 true. if some and people who were suggesting that three years ago, everyone was saying was crazy and that was extremist and it could never happen in America. It could never happen. That a guy like Trump would become president. Who thought Trump would start making up fake national emergencies? (laughs) Nobody. Nobody. So we're in the era of, you know, things that could never possibly happen in America are happening every day now. Now, look, maybe it won't be Trump. Maybe it'll be the next POTUS. Mm-hmm. who does this. Uh, maybe when Rush Limbaugh or his daughter, yeah, are the next right. president, or Alex Jones is the next president. Um, right. They will be the one to do it. Now, some people, my wife included, mm-hmm. uh, remain optimistic that there's going to be a new generation of politicians and a new generation of voters that's going to get America back on track. She kind mm-hmm. of She says, look, I have to kind of believe this. I can't... I can't believe anything to the contrary. I have to believe that my country is going right. to get, work its way out of this situation. And they yeah. look at people like AOC or Omar or Warren, this new generation, Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, they go, yeah. look, they, this is the future. These people, are, they're, they're sensible. They're a little bit lefty uh, or quite lefty in AOC's case. They're going to get us there. but. And I look, I love AOC. I think she's fantastic. I love uh, Ilan Omar. Uh, We're going to talk more about her in a minute. Um, But here's my question. Do you really think that the media run by rich psychopaths is going to allow someone like AOC to really come to power if they think that when she does that, she's going to destroy their wealth and power? Hell to the no. Do you really think the rest of the 1% is going to allow that to happen. They are going to use every cent, every dime, every piece of blackmail they can get their hands on, every piece of leverage to prevent people like that from coming into power. They're just not going to let that happen. Whether or not they are successful in preventing it from happening remains to be seen, but But
0: they, they
1: are going to try and fight and hang on tooth and nail
0: and we all would let's be honest if i was a part of the 1% i would too because i i mean you know i don't know cuz i'm not there but i would imagine you know i was raised with that that those are my people i would imagine i would fight back to to see that my to stop you know from my america if i can use that term from disappearing yeah, Every, but, you know, just that's just human nature.
1: Imagine what you would do, Ray? If they tried to pass oh. a law that you weren't allowed to have sex with your relatives or right. farm animals. Oh, those fighting mean,
0: words. Yeah, they're yeah. talking about destroying yeah.
1: your way of life. You're gonna do everything you can oh. to prevent I'm that from happening
0: more. and and if I, and if I can be Captain Obvious for like fifteen seconds, the scenario that you just described, Come on, it's 1933, Hitler, the Reichstag fire, the emergency powers, the shutdown of individual rights, of of unions, of newspapers. I mean, that's exactly what the Nazis did. And the idea that our American president, not just Trump, but any American president has, you know, if you don't stretch it out too much, has the ability to do that same thing. That's scary as fuck. But that's why you try to uh, vote in non-crazy people into the White House.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, history has shown us that these things happened. Do you think Germans in 1930 thought uh, these things could happen in Germany? Absolutely not. No, Germany was an amazingly uh, 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 highly educated country. Science, the music, the culture. Absolutely. Very, very civilized people. Yeah. The thing is, I think most Americans tend to assume that uh, America has enough checks and balances that this could never happen. Right. It's just not true. These emergency powers <laughs> can be called upon by a president, and it's very, very hard to do anything about it once he declares a national emergency.
0: Right. If I can just add on to that real quick. I know we're, we're pushing for time, but um, th- uh, there was a report that I watched on the news today. It was like, you know, if you have a president who's pretty ballsy, they can get away with a lot because one, like I was saying earlier, the courts have a tendency to defer to presidents. They're going to assume, look, it's his his or her job to know what an emergency is, to define the emergency. So it's their job. And so that leaves Congress. And as we've already seen, Mitch McConnell has said, I'm going to support Trump's you know declaration of emergency so it's done it's the question is how far is Trump going to go but the answer is the short term answer is no one is going to be able to stop him and we'll have to see what the courts do and as we know that takes
1: years and the supreme court is probably going to vote on his side probably
0: exactly by the time it gets to them
1: yeah speaking of fake emergencies um <laughs> Uh, the news was reporting last week that the uh, Senate investigation into the uh, whether or not there's a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia of collusion right. to win collusion. the 2016 election came out sort of leaking their final report, which won't be out for several months. But they've been out doing the media rounds saying that after two years and 200 interviews, there is no direct evidence of conspiracy. Um, now I've had a lot of discussions with people about this on Facebook and I, I thought we'd sort of just take some time to, to break this down and, and think about it from a couple of different perspectives. Um, okay. now direct evidence, uh, what is direct evidence? Well, my understanding, nobody knows more about the law than I do, right? <laughs> <and> my understanding <laughs> is that direct evidence usually is something like a confession, um, uh, an email trail. Where right. you're talking about it. Uh are pretty, you gonna uh, well Hey, Don Jr., did you uh did you did you make that deal with Vladimir Putin to uh help but us win the election? Oh yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. yesterday. Oh great, thanks very much. A phone trail, recordings of phone calls, right. recorded conversations in Michael Cohen's office saying, Hey, guess what we did last week? We did this deal with the Russians. Witnesses who said they saw something or they heard a conversation. These sorts of things fall into direct evidence. Now, apparently, they've got none of that. But, people say... Would they? Yeah. yeah." People say, oh, well, there's no direct evidence. You usually don't have direct evidence. But there's lots of circumstantial evidence, people say. Uh, People say, but they met with Russians. They went to jail. Okay. So, let's... to, To me, when people say, but they met with Russians... That's the biggest uh, sign that everyone's gone fucking crazy over. It. <laughs> because guess what? Meeting with Russians is not a crime, to the best of my it's knowledge. Not. No, I, I assumed. No. It was. Yeah, yeah, you would assume that, but uh, based on the news, based on the yeah. news and people on Facebook, America, <laughs> believe it or not, you're not at war with Russia. Uh, uh, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not at war with Russia. You know who else met with Vladimir Putin? Barack Obama who? met with Vladimir <coughs> Putin. Uh, mm. George W. Bush met with Vladimir Putin. Um, so Hillary Clinton met with dignitaries from uh, Russia. I'm not sure if she met right. with Vlad. Yeah, you're not it, speaking with Russians. Meeting with Russians is not a crime, um, as far as I'm aware. Okay. There's no law against speaking I to concede. Russians. There's no law against doing deals with Russians. Oh, well, he was trying Uh. to build a hotel in Moscow. So what? You know who else else was trying to build a hotel in Moscow? Everybody that owns hotels. That's (laughs) what people that own hotels do, is they try and build hotels in every fucking city in the world. That's the nature of the hotel business. Now, the fact that many people inside Trump's inner circle of friends... Lied about talking to Russians or had dirty dealings with Russians is fun and all that. And I'm glad that they're going to prison. Right. But it isn't evidence of collusion or conspiracy to influence an election.
0: So the fact that they all, not all, but a lot of them lied and now they're going to jail specifically for lying. Again, as as fun as this is, that is still what you would consider circumstantial and not direct evidence. They're convicted for no, lying, not, it's not for collusion.
1: It's not circumstantial evidence of collusion or conspiracy to overthrow the election either. It's right. just okay. uh, it's they lied. Bad choices. They well, <laughs> they they lied for a whole variety of reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. inclu- you know, for Paul Manafort, it was because he was uh, knee deep. Oh, well, just 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 hiding lots of money that he was making and not right. reporting it, uh, and then lying about that, and trying to you know, and then lying about lying about that, and trying to get other people to lie right. about the fact that he lied and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But Still uh, collusion. well, no, there, there's nothing tying that to collusion. Oh, my wife just walked in here. What are you looking for? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's not. No, it's got nothing to do with uh, overthrowing the election. Now, what we should be expecting to see out of the Senate investigation or the Mueller investigation is evidence that Trump or someone close to Trump said to Putin or someone close to Putin, hey, help me win this election (laughs) and we'll make all your troubles go away. That's basically what we've been led to believe happened, right? That there was that kind of an explicit deal. Help me get elected and we mm. will get rid of all of the sanctions against you, and we you know, we won't interfere in your interests in various parts of the world.
0: Right. But if I could just play devil's advocate for a second, I mean, I would like to think that the Russians, um, and maybe even some of Trump's people, would be smart enough not to have that, dire- that direct of a conversation or have it in a place that's in writing or recorded or whatever. And so even if they did have a conversation where nothing's written down or nothing's recorded, it would seem like unless you broke someone and got them to confess that you would never get evidence like that and the reason the point the point I'm trying to make is that if you are a certain news affiliate and you want to keep this going because it's you know like it's selling ads or whatever, you use that to keep spinning the story that it could still happen we just haven't come across direct evidence yet.
1: Yeah, and God might exist, we just haven't come across direct <laughs> evidence for God yet. It's the it's the God hypothesis. It's oh. exactly, it's the God hypothesis, the free will hypothesis that people pull out all the time. Well, this is the argument that people who are clinging to something that's highly improbable use all the time. Well, God might exist, we just haven't found evidence for him yet. Well, free will might exist... We just haven't found evidence for right. it yet. Well, they may have colluded with the Russians. We just haven't found evidence of it yet. Or maybe Mueller right. has the evidence he just hasn't told us about it yet. This is mm. this is desperation. This is where I play Don't Stop Believin' by Journey, man. Like it's <laughs> it's pathetic. It's so sad and pathetic. Now, okay. Now listen. Let Let me. Let me. The problem with the, the, the theory that you just had is they would be too smart to do this and, and have direct evidence. No, we know that they're not smart. If there's anything that we know about the Trump team and the people associated with Trump then and now is they're not very smart. Um, that is why 98% of them are in jail right now or going to jail because they're not very smart at all. Uh, Right right up to Trump and all the way down. They're very, very arrogant and very, very stupid. Probably because they're psychopaths, and psychopaths believe that they are going to get away with everything, always. Because they believe they're smarter than everybody else. Because through bullying and intimidation and bribery and threats, they tend to get away with a lot of stuff until they don't anymore. Um, So they're they're not smart enough to cover this up and be careful about it. If they were, they wouldn't wouldn't have met with Russians at Trump Tower for fuck's sake in the first place. (laughs) If they were being smart about it, they wouldn't have said, sure, come up to Trump Tower. Like, well, let's talk about stuff. Like, come on.
0: I'll 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 schedule an appointment so everybody can see it.
1: Yeah, I'll write it down in the day book. (laughs) We'll we'll beam it on the big televisions in Times Square. (laughs) They're not smart. So this whole theory is well, they wouldn't have. Le- yes, they would have left a record because they're not smart. But okay, let's let's say that there is no direct evidence of of hey, you know, help me win the election mm. conversation. Let's say there is su- circumstantial evidence. Um, you know what is circumstantial evidence? Well, you know when I did my law degree, it, it was uh, <coughs> evidence that relies on an inference to connect it to a conclusion of facts, like the fingerprint at the scene of a crime. It's like mm. you walk into your bedroom, your wife looks like she's oh. just been uh, ridden hard and put away wet, and and you, you saw uh, <laughs> D'Angelo leaving the room and having a shower. Okay, you didn't see them fucking, but that's I, circumstantial. Yeah. You can put two and two together. And it's oh, unless there's a better explanation, you probably think no. your wife's just been hammered by right. D'Angelo's hammer. Um, so that so what would that look for look like in the case <laughs> of right. so how, how, you know what looks like collusion to conspire to win an election versus uh, we were trying to build a hotel yep. in Moscow. Oh right, right. right? Um, yeah. Uh, or we were trying to get Russian billionaires to buy uh, some more apartments uh, in one of our hotels because the hotel was going bankrupt and we needed an, an injection of cash. Yeah. And as I keep saying, you know who else Trump met with? Uh, Saudi, The Saudis, uh, the Israelis, uh, you name it. They met with everybody. Um, and... We know for a fact that uh, the Saudis have been spending money on Trump apartments, Trump right. Trump Tower, you know, apartments, throwing cash at overpaying. Trump, overpaying yeah. for hotels, booking entire you know, the entire fucking hotel, uh, and then not turning up as a way of getting cash to him. Um, yeah. buying his uh, one of his properties in Florida for like $100 million more than it was worth. Um, actually, I think that was a Russian. <laughs> but we know yeah. the Saudis have been throwing money. At, but you don't hear, well, the Saudis were... Uh, he, he was meeting with Saudis to conspire to overthrow the election. Uh, when the Saudis uh, and the Trump campaign have just as much of a track record as the Russians. Um mm. Now, uh, people say, well, wait for Mueller. He has more tools at his disposal. Now, we do know that Trump and Cohen discussed getting a Trump Tower uh, approved in Moscow. Uh, They were Mm -hmm. talking about it well into the campaign. We know that Cohen talked to a Russian official about it. But again, building a hotel in Moscow isn't a crime. Does it look (coughs) bad that uh, he's running a campaign to be president and trying to get a hotel approved? Maybe, but we all know, A, that he didn't think he was going to get elected at all. He was as shocked as as anybody when he got elected. (laughs) Um, Not as shocked
0: as Melania. The look on her face that night, she was like, oh, fuck. Anyway, She looked
1: like the rest of us felt. Um, (laughs) Now, we know they tried to arrange a meeting with Putin in September 2015. But again, not a crime uh, to meet with Vladimir Putin. Not evidence of collusion either. You're going to need way more than that. To suggest that it was collusion or conspiracy. Now, we also know that thanks to an investigation that spun off out of Mueller's office, that Trump directed Cohen to commit campaign finance crimes by paying off women who said they'd had affairs with him. That is a crime, of course, but Mm -hmm. not collusion. Not even Mm. remotely related to collusion. We know that Mueller has indicted 25 Russian nationals and three Russian entities, and that was a year ago, for their attempts to influence the election. But we also know from Mueller that these attempts started in 2014, a year before Trump was even a candidate. By the way what was the Obama administration doing about these uh, attempts by the Russians to influence the election from 2014 to 2016? We don't know. Did he know about it? Yes, we seem to think he did. His administration did know about it. What did they do about it? Apparently nothing. Why not? How is that not evidence for collusion? If you know the Russians are trying to influence the election and you do nothing about it,
0: you're part of it. You're People say, "Well,
1: problem. he didn't want to say that during an election because it would look like he was trying to influence the election by saying Russians were trying to influence the election." It's a bit yeah. of a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a convoluted uh, way of justifying not yeah. doing anything about a foreign nation trying to interfere with your election.
0: Um, Let me just do conspiracy theory for a second, because from what I can remember, when Roger Stone was first arrested, I know he's been pushing for Trump to run for president since I mean, for I think for at least 10 years, maybe before that, I really can't remember. So is it it beyond the the, the realm of possibility that the Trump that the Russians may also have been encouraging Trump or ready to support him or just putting it out there as much as Cohen, uh, but obviously with their money or with their with their. Social media um, bots or whatever they have. So I, I I'm not even sh- I don't know. I just feel that that's that's not a, a very strong argument because I think the Russians and Cohen to uh, Roy Cohen to a certain degree were playing a very long game. But again, I know that's that's conspiracy theory. That's not backed up by anything.
1: Yeah, look, it's quite probable that they had. Oh, you know, we talked about this recently on a show. Um, Putin was saying that uh, before Trump actually became a candidate, he was just another American billionaire as far as they they were concerned. He wasn't even on their radar as anybody special. Now, maybe that's true. Maybe that's bullshit. I'm sure that the Russians, uh, like the Americans do in places Mm -hmm. like Venezuela, uh, have a whole list of candidates that they would like to see as president uh, uh or yeah. congressmen and women and they're doing all sorts of things to try and manipulate their systems to to support those people you know uh uh donating to their election campaigns through various fronts and and uh mm-hmm. people that have uh 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 you know the ability to to launder Russian money to uh, American election campaigns without it getting picked up um, on the radar. Right. I'm sure they're doing that absolutely, and I'm sure, like America does that uh, all around the world to overthrow regimes that they don't like. That's mm-hmm. definitely part of their playbook. But whether or not that involved direct. Collusion and conspiracy between them and Trump, we don't know. Getting back to those 25 Russian nationals that I mentioned before that Mueller indicted, the Mueller investigation also said that the Americans that were manipulated by these Russian entities uh, did not knowingly uh, know that they were part of a Russian attack. Oh, they were duped. Yes.
0: Whatever. Okay.
1: All right. So look. Enough of all that, but I still contend that this whole Russia-Trump collusion story was manufactured by the media to sell papers and TV ads and by the DNC to try and deflect criticism for how badly they fucked up the 2016 election and let a complete Uh, buffoon become POTUS. But we will see see what comes out of the Mueller campaign. Hey, one more story before I want to go, uh, before we go. So um, we mentioned this briefly on one of our shows last week, uh, Caesar, I think, but uh, Ilan Omar, the uh, Muslim hijab-wearing Kenyan congresswoman, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, recently smacked down Elliot (coughs) Abrams in front of a congressional uh, inquiry uh, about Venezuela. Which uh, is fantastic if you haven't seen it, watch it. Uh, It's gone viral. I'm sure everyone's seen it. Uh, Just to drill down, though, on the detail of what she's talking about, I I briefly Mm. mentioned this in our Venezuela shows, but just some more detail. So... What Omar was talking about in the hearing Mm -hmm. is that Abrahams pled guilty in 1991 to two counts of withholding information from Congress, basically lying over the Iran-Contra affair in the late 1980s when he was serving as an official in the Reagan administration. Now, for people who are too young to to know anything about the Iran-Contra affair, basically, uh, to summarize... (laughs) As best I can, so what was happening was there were sanctions. The Reagan administration had sanctions in place against Iran because mm-hmm. the Iranians had uh, had a revolution and kicked out the brutal and corrupt Shah of Iran that had been installed and supported by the United States for 25 years after the CIA overthrew the democratically elected president of Iran, Mo- uh, mm-hmm. Mossadegh, in 1953. They installed this Shah. He was brutal. He was corrupt. There was a revolution in the late 70s, brought about the Ayatollah Khomeini. They they kicked out the Americans, they took control of the oil. America got pissed off. They had sanctions against Iran. But and then they also organized the Iraq-Iran War. They said to Saddam Hussein, hey what well, you should go and invade Iran for us. And here's a whole bunch of chemical weapons and biological weapons that right. you can use in doing that. Um But at the same time, there was a socialist revolution happening in uh, Nicaragua, uh, the Sandinistas, uh, and Mm -hmm. the Reagan government was supporting brutal uh, anti-Sandinista, they were known as the Contras in Nicaragua, to fight the Sandinistas, these death squads that are going around killing anyone associated with the communists. Uh, including right. priests and nuns and all these sorts of people and they th- there was a, an act of Congress barring the United States from supporting these rebel armies so there was this secret uh, deal organized by uh, Oliver North and uh, Elliot Abrahams and others um, mm-hmm. supposedly unbeknownst to George Vice President George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan but Everyone assumes that they yeah. did know about it. They were right. uh, doing deals to get them get the rebels' weapons uh, in return for doing secret deals with the Iranians, basically against <sighs> their own sanctions and their own acts of Congress. Behind <laughs> the scenes, they were uh, doing deals with the Iranians and the uh, the Contras to enable money and arms to flow to both. So wow. anyway, that was the Iran-Contra affair in in a nutshell. So Abrahams, Abrams, I can find out how to... Abrams pled mm-hmm. guilty, was uh, 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 indicted for lying to Congress. He was pardoned by President Poppy Bush in 1992. Right. Um, uh, good to have friends in high places. Later joined... Uh, Dopey Bush's National Security Council when they got kicked out of cleared. office yeah he's, right. he's, he's been part of the Council on Foreign Relations in Washington ever since as a senior policy fellow um, then you know he's, he's now back in the, the sort of official circles now as as we've mentioned before uh, Trump's special envoy to Venezuela there's a guy who was found guilty of lying to Congress about Christ supporting death squads right. was uh, is, is given official government positions, as, as um, Omar was pointing out. Now, when he was a State Department official in the Reagan administration, he mm-hmm. led the American cover-up of massacres that were happening in El Salvador as well. There's a village called El Mazote, Salvadorian village. Now, in December of 1981, the U.S.-backed Salvadoran army who were also fighting leftist guerrillas, slaughtered 800 civilians in this <gasps> town of El Mazote. Um, this account- this happened just before Abraham's... Uh, fuck, Abrams... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to call him Elliot. Elliot... Uh, Elliot. L- uh, uh Became the Assistant Secretary of State for Human Rights and Humanitarian <laughs> Affairs in the Reagan administration. <laughs> um nice. Now, when news of the massacre started to reach the U.S., was reported about in the Washington Post and the New York Times, considered one of the worst atrocities in modern Latin American history, Uh, one of the Post's journalists, uh, actually, Alma Guillermo Prieto, reached the village in January of 1982, about a month after the massacre, she found mm-hmm. dozens of decomposing bodies oh. that had just been moldering there for a month. The village had been flattened. The fields had been right. burned. Uh, in the center of the, the village, she entered a church where most of the men of the village had been taken and executed inside the church. Um, she Jesus. wrote... The walls of the smaller sacristy beside it also appeared to have had its adobe walls pushed in. Inside, the stench was overpowering, and countless bits of bones, skulls, rib cages, femurs, and a spinal column poked out oh. of the rubble. Right. Um, another uh, journalist, Mark Danner, reported he wrote a, a book. The massacre at El Mazzotti, Quoted a witness saying, "We could hear the women being raped on the hills, and then you know the soldiers would pass by, coming from there, and they'd talk about it. They were talking and joking, saying how much they liked the twelve-year-olds, uh, which is something that Omar brought up uh, about the rape of a twelve-year rape and murder of twelve-year-olds right. uh, in front of, uh, well, two um, Elliot." Uh, Men were beheaded with machetes, women were raped and left to die, children had their skulls crushed in under the boots of soldiers. Now, at the time when the US media was reporting on the massacre, um, Mm -hmm. Elliot Abrams said it was all fake news, dismissed the news reports as not credible, saying it was leftist guerrilla propaganda. Um, that was uh, you know calling shit fake news wasn't invented by Trump by the way this is something that uh, the Reagan and Bush administrations were doing back in the early days Um, it's the same get the same thing today like any reports coming out of Venezuela um, about uh, what's going on there if if they're stories that are in favor of the uh, government um, then they're Considered fake news by, uh, mm-hmm. which is so why it's so hard for people like me to believe anything that right. uh, the U.S. government says because it was such a history of just lying, blatantly lying. Um, uh, so I anyway, like a
0: part-time job. Yeah, you got to drill down yourself, several different sources just to begin to find the truth.
1: It's, it's and then you have to assume that yeah. both sides are lying. There's propaganda right. on all sides. Right. So you just assume everything is probably propaganda and then trying to figure out the truth is difficult. But you know what it does is it makes you remain sceptical of both sides and, and not mm. jump on any particular bandwagon um, without having a, uh, an overwhelming amount of evidence to, to take one side of the story over the other. Now, yeah. um, at the same time, back in the uh, early 80s, Abrams, was calling for the lifting of an arms embargo on Guatemala. They had the brutal regime of Mont um, operating there at the time. He wanted to give them more arms, um, mm-hmm. which uh, happened. And then in 2013, Mont was found guilty of genocide and crimes against humanity um, by the uh, against the country's indigenous Mayan population. In El Salvador, uh, the the full details of this massacre at El Mozote only started to come out about 10 years later as there were uh, forensic investigations on the site. Um, so, And that was just one episode in, a, in an entire decade of violence oh, carried out by the Salvadoran Army and right-wing death squad supported by guys like Elliot Abrams, Oliver North, Poppy Bush and Ronald Reagan and Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney. Um, All these guys that were part of the Reagan-Bush administrations. Um, Author Raymond Bonner, uh, well, he's a journalist, actually, who reported on the massacre for the New York Times, uh, said in a recent article he wrote in The Atlantic, it was a bloody, brutal, and dirty war. More than 75,000 Salvadorans were killed in the fighting, most of them victims of the military and its death squads. Peasants were shot en masse, often while trying to flee. Student and union leaders had their thumbs tied behind their backs before being shot in their head, their bodies left on roadsides as a warning to others. So this was happening in the 1980s, supported directly by the United States government and by Elliot Abrams, the man who is now supposedly trying to get aid to Venezuela bullshit. Yeah. And and I I
0: just want to say this real quick. I ran across several quotes from people who were defending him after the Congresswoman uh, bitch slapped him in public. And and I'll just read one quote real quick just to show you how short these memories are. One guy, let's see, Kelly... Magazine, the vice president of the national security liberal think tank Center for American Progress, said, I worked for Elliot Abrams as a civil servant. Uh, he is a fierce advocate for human rights and democracy. Yes, he made serious professional mistakes and was held accountable. And that's where she ends because she should have said he was found guilty as fuck, but then he got a presidential pardon. That doesn't mean he wasn't guilty. And he certainly had his hand in it. He was just excused from it. And I guess for some people, the presidential pardon is just a blank slate. And, and like you were saying a second ago, he is now free to once again work for the White House. It's just incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's not just now. He was part of uh, Dopey Bush. Bush's yeah. White House exactly. administration, too. Exactly. You know. Well, that's America for you, my friends. Uh That's uh, the bullshit filter for this week. Thanks for your support, people, all the new subscribers. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. By the way, we're putting these out Tuesday Australian time now, not Monday, uh, for a variety of reasons that we won't go into, mostly Ray's sex life. Um, We'll be back uh, (laughs) with more news stories. With my
0: wife, not with a farm animal.